You are listening to the Pursuit Church Essay Podcast. We are a group of imperfect, real people on a mission to pursue God and love people. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Good morning. So good to see y'all here. I see some some new faces. Uh, Welcome. You're welcome here. I want you to know that. Man, God's already here. I, I just can't screw it up now. I mean... Come on. I mean, the Holy Spirit is abundantly, abundantly overflowing in this place right now. I hope you're tapping into that. I hope you're tapping into that. In fact, let me just pray right now. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, right now we know that you are with us. We know that you are surrounding us. We know that with you there is victory. And, Father, we're celebrating that today about just who you are, your goodness, your grace. So, Father, as I present your word today, will you just take control of my mouth? Father, will you let the words that come from me be your words? And, Father, may your word powerfully impact our hearts and our minds and our spirits. And Father, may we leave here different than when we came in, and may we leave here encouraged by who you are. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Wow, man, it is so good to be with you today. Today we're continuing in our series, Missing Peace. That's P-E-A-C-E, Missing Peace. Last week we started the series, by addressing two dangerous myths about mental health. The lie that Christians aren't supposed to struggle with mental health and that God doesn't care about our mental health. We really laid a foundation for this whole series by starting with those two myths. You know, in 3 John chapter 1 God confirms for us very clearly that he, does in, that he does care about our entire being, including our mental health. This is what it says. Beloved, I pray that in every way you may prosper and enjoy good health as your soul also prospers. And remember last week we talked about our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. God cares about your mental health. Today I want to talk about probably one of the most prevalent mental health issues that we face. And certainly in our country today, it's it, probably in most lists is probably number one when you talk about mental health issues. And that is anxiety. Anxiety. You know, studies show that right now there are more people struggling with anxiety than ever before in history. Let me say that again right now. More of us are struggling with anxiety than ever before. And the groups, according to the research, that are hardest hit with anxiety right now are those under 40, parents with young children, and women. Now, it's not to say that we all don't struggle with it, but those three groups of people, based on research, are struggling even more with anxiety. Here's the deal. Anxiety is a serious mental health issue that most of us, most of us certainly have faced in the past 
And most of us, I would venture to guess, are actually struggling with and dealing with right now in this very, very moment. So I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about anxiety. Now, let me start by reiterating something we we talked about last week. Listen, I'm not a mental health expert, okay? I'm not a doctor, psychologist, psychiatrist. That's not what I'm here to do, okay? You see, anxiety is a complex issue. It is a complex issue. So in some cases, you may need to get some professional help in those areas, okay? We're going to talk about that more later, but but that's okay. It's a complex issue. But also because it's a complex issue, there's, there's different kinds of anxiety, right? Now, you know, for me, my number one sense of anxiety is the pit in my stomach. Anybody else, you know, ever experienced that? You know, it could be the pit in the stomach when you're getting ready to go to a job interview or Maybe it's that, you know, feeling that you know there's an uncomfortable conversation you have to have, and you're dreading it. I mean, you know you got to have it, but eh, you don't really want to, okay? That's kind of one level of anxiety. We probably all experience that on, on the regular, I would think, right? Pretty, pretty common. But then there's forms of anxiety that are really much more severe, much more severe. They're actually debilitating, they cause us to make, uh, or they're making the, when, when that's present, the severe form, making decisions becomes more difficult, right? You tend to overanalyze things. And some, sometimes you might be living in a state of constant dread or fear or intense worry. You can sometimes maybe feel like the walls are even kind of closing in around you. Maybe you've had that experience before. And there's also physical symptoms, right? Shortness of breath, increased heart rate. Some people report sweating. Yeah. I'm telling you there's there's physical symptoms that can come with the more severe. So as you can see there are a different a lot of different levels of anxiety. And again, I'm not a mental health expert and because I'm not, what I'm going to do today is focus on the spiritual and the biblical perspective regarding anxiety, okay? Now, as we said last week, and we're, and we're going to talk about this throughout this whole series, it's always best to take a holistic approach to any kind of a mental health problem or issue. And that just means that we may need to get professional help, right? That's, that's part of what that means. But here's what I want you to hear today from what I'm going to talk about. Your first step, first step is always going to be this when you're struggling with anxiety. Take it to God. Take it to God. Did you know that Jesus did just that when he struggled with anxiety? I won't say struggled. He experienced anxiety. Do you know that the Savior of this world experienced anxiety? Multiple times in Scripture. Probably the one that comes to mind most prevalently is when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was literally sweating blood is what the scripture says. He was experiencing some serious anxiety. And what did he do? He sought God. He sought his father. Now, Jesus knew why he came to earth. Let's be clear. He knew he came to die. But remember, Jesus, when he came, was both man and God. He was fully human, which means that he felt every single thing that you and I feel or will ever feel, 
man. You see, that's part of the reason why Jesus came and why he died the way he did. To provide us healing, to provide us deliverance and hope and restoration. And to show that he really knows how we feel and that he cares. This is what it says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. For we do not have a high priest. Jesus is our high priest. Who is unable to sympathize and understand our weaknesses and temptations. But one who has been tempted. One who has been tempted. Knowing exactly how it feels to be human. In every respect as we are. Yet doing all that without sin. Let me reiterate this. Again, if you're struggling with mental health, hear me. If you are struggling with mental health, it does not mean you're not a good Christian. It just means you're human. That's all it means. That's all it means. And here's the thing. Anxiety, anxiety, our topic for today. Anxiety is not a sin, but it is a sign. Anxiety is not a sin, but it is a sign. It's simply a sign that says, hey, something's wrong. Something's going on. And you just need to get help. That's all anxiety is. It's, it's just a sign. It's not a sin. It's just a sign that you might need some help. Now, coming from a spiritual perspective, which is what we're going to talk about. When you're dealing with anxiety, it means it's time to pray. When you're dealing with anxiety... The spiritual response to that is prayer. It's time to cry out to God. You know, there's a king in the Old Testament named Jehoshaphat. Now, if you read the Old Testament, there's a lot of kings that you're going to read about Chronicles and 1 Kings and 2 Kings. Lots of kings. Most of them were bad. If we're being honest, the vast majority of kings in the Bible were bad. King Jehoshaphat, though, was one of the better ones. He was one because he actually got who God kind of was, and he really honored that, and that's why he was good, because he, he, he got it. Most of the other kings didn't get it. Well, here's the deal. There's a story of King Jehoshaphat, and there's three, the story goes, and we're going to look at it in just a minute. There's three armies that were coming against him, all at the same time, by the way. Not one, not two, three. Three armies coming against him. Now, let's put that in the modern day. I mean, I, I know, you know, your car... Breaking down is, is maybe an army of anxiety coming at you, and maybe you've got a health issue you're dealing with, and then all of a sudden, here come the finances, man. Just, just not enough, you know, money at the end of the month, right? Anybody ever been there? You know, not enough quite to pay for the food and the gas, and oh yeah, then there's the, the, the daycare. So, you know, you got these armies of anxiety coming against you. Well, that's what was going on with King Jehoshaphat. And the story we're going to look at is found in 2 Chronicles, chapter 20. And we're going to read starting in verse 6. This is King Jehoshaphat saying this, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over the kingdoms, kingdoms of the nations, power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. Our God, 
Did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, if calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress and you will hear us and save us. Whew. Think about that for a minute, man. King Jehoshaphat, that's some serious anxiety going on. I mean, sir, you got three armies getting ready to come against him. And tremendous opposition, right? I mean, come on. You know he had to be terrified. Actually, if you go in the verses before that, it actually says he was terrified. Scripture actually says he was afraid. He was afraid. So what did he do? What did he do? He called on God, right? When confronted with his anxiety, he called on God. He said, God, I know, I know you can fix this. I know you can come in and help me with this situation. I know you can come in and do what I can't. And what he said at the end, and I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to stay right here. I'm just going to wait on you. I'm going to wait for you to show up. And I'm going to wait for you to fix what I can't fix. I'm going to wait for you to do what I can't do. See why Jehoshaphat was kind of one of the good ones? He actually got it. He actually got, no, God can help me here. God's the answer to my problem. When you feel anxious or afraid, or worried, pray. Pray. Here's the thing. But let's learn to pray like Jehoshaphat did. Come on. Lay it out there, man. Lay it out there. Remind God that you know he's powerful. You know he's capable of saving you. You know. Pray like you mean it. Come on. That's what Jehoshaphat did. He prayed to God like he meant it, and like he expected God to show up. Come on. We need to pray like that. We need to, we need to expect that God's going to show up when we pray because God's faithful, and he promises to do it. And then here's the thing. Sometimes we've got to just, whoa, we got to just stay there. We've got to just wait. Man, somebody said... We don't serve a microwave God. We serve a crockpot God. Some, sometimes you're, you're going to be waiting for a minute now. You're going to be waiting. Yeah, I, I know with Elijah, God came down to the fire. Okay, that's all great. But sometimes, sometimes you're going to have to wait. Sometimes you're going to have to wait. And here's the other thing. Keep praying. Don't stop. Don't stop. This is what it says in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. It says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Three simple words, three simple words that tell you and I exactly how to deal with our anxiety from a spiritual perspective. You know, prayer changes things. How many believe that prayer changes things? 
I believe that. I've experienced that. But, but let me give you some more data and information that might help support that a little bit. We know because God says it changes things, but let me show you something. Your brain is a fascinating thing. My brain, the brain God created in us is, is a fascinating thing. Check this out. Neuroscientists have done multiple studies on the brain and the MRIs, which are the tests that measure brain levels and lots of things, have shown that prayer, prayer has a significant effect on your brain. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. Some studies show that with 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over an eight-week period, the MRIs actually changed from the beginning to when they measured it at the end of those eight weeks. You see, what happens is your brain actually changes its neuropaths. Now, it's neuropaths, just a fancy word for it's the path of your thinking in your brain. That's, that's what it means. In other words, here's, it works like this. The more you think a thought, the more you continue to think that thought. And the more you continue to think it, then the easier it becomes to think it. Does that make sense? See what I'm saying? The more you... Another way that I've heard it says is you magnify what you focus on. Okay? You magnify what you focus on. So when you're praying, you're actually changing pathways, neuro pathways in your brain. Science shows that. You don't even have to take my word for it. Actually, God's actually in his word tells us that. But in this case, science actually is giving you some additional information. It's real. It works. And the thing is, we don't have to think anxious thoughts. We can actually reroute our brains, put new paths in through prayer. Science proves what John 8.32 says, which is you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. When we focus on God, hear me now, when we focus on God's word, when we pray his word over our situation, over our anxious thoughts, we can change them. Hear me, we can change them. We can be set free. Does anyone want some freedom in your life? Come on. When you change what you're thinking about, creating these new neuropaths, we can change our brains. <laughs> what do, what, it, it, it's amazing. Because God created our brains with such intentionality. I mean, so, the detail that God created in our brains is absolutely amazing. And did you know that in our brains, there's a part of our brains that sets off an alarm when we get anxious, worried, or afraid? Did you know there's, there's a certain part of your brain that's wired that way? For example, let's say it's the middle of the night. You hear a loud noise in the kitchen. Karen's elbowing me. I heard, get up. Well, you know what my first thought is? I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, what's, what's going on? You know, there's this loud noise. Is there a bird, you know, someone coming to our house? Are they going to hurt me? Are they going to hurt our family? And the thing, the response going on is actually a healthy thing there, right? I mean, because God has this alarm that he's built in our brains to, to be aware of danger. Well, that, that's actually a good thing. 
right? I mean, it's, it's, it's going to help you. It's going to save you in some spots. Okay, but here's the problem. When we keep sounding that alarm by dwelling on negative thoughts and continually thinking about anxiety, we're literally training our brains to be anxious. That's what's happening. We're training our brains to be anxious as we continue to rehearse those things. We're setting that anxious alarm off. We keep feeding it, and it makes us become more anxious. Let me give you an example. Many years ago, I got fired from a job. And that had never happened to me before, ever. Whew. Tell you what, I was, I was worried. I was afraid. I, mean, I had family, had obligations and bills. And guess what? The what's set in. But you know what I'm talking about? Come on, you know, what if I can't get another job? What if I can't pay my bills? What is my family going to think? The what's. Anybody here go through the what's when you get anxiety? Yeah, yeah. Now, what I did back then seemed logical at the time. Well, I just focused on getting another job, right? That's what you do, right? Start looking for another job. And here's the deal. I ended up with uh, several second and third interviews, but no offers. And all of a sudden, that initial fear was now full-blown anxiety. Full-blown anxiety. I mean full-blown anxiety. Because here's the deal. I, the more I kept focusing on my joblessness, the more anxious I became. I was in that cycle, dwelling on the negative, dwelling on oh my, the what's, the what's, the what's, that I got even more anxious. Now, I would say that's probably somewhat normal for most of us. We, we wanna, we're probably going to, in the beginning, tend to focus on the problem. But I have some good news for you. Prayer is supernatural. It's not natural. Worry's natural. The problem's natural. Prayer is actually something that's supernatural. And it's prayer, the supernatural, that can help break the struggle and cycle of anxiety. That's what can do it because it's 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 outside of just the normal stuff, right? Prayer can, in fact, I would say this, prayer is your most effective weapon in the battle against anxiety. Prayer is your most effective weapon, most effective weapon when you're battling anxiety. And we're talking about holistic. There's other things, not discounting those, but I'm telling you, prayer is your most effective weapon. Because what happens is when we pray, it's activating our faith, right? God said elsewhere in Hebrews, it's impossible to please God without faith. Impossible. Faith's an important element in battling anxiety. Because when we pray, we're activating that faith. We're moving it into action. We're reaching out to God. And the more we exercise our faith, the stronger it becomes. The stronger it becomes. But here's the thing again. The key is to pray like Jehoshaphat did. What did he do? He called out to God. God, I know you're there. I believe in you. I trust you. I know that you can help me in this situation. In fact, I know that you can do things in this situation that I could never do on my own. That's what he's saying. The other thing that we see him doing, which is so important, is we see him praising God 
in his prayer. Do you see how he was doing that? He was praising, he was reminding God of how good he is. He was praising God while he was praying, right? Well, what does that look like for you and me? Let's, let's, let's take this to the right now. When we pray, what might it look like to praise God when we pray? Maybe it sounds something like this. God, I know that you will supply all my needs in your riches in Christ Jesus. God, I know that you're going to order my steps, and I know that you will never leave me or forsake me because you are a faithful father. That's what it sounds like. That's what it might sound like when you pray and praise God. Now, did you notice two of the things I I just talked about were actually promises that God has actually already made us, and you know where they are? They're in the Bible. My friends, that's why it's important to know what's in the Bible. In the Bible, you will find the promises of God. And so when you come up against your situation and you need to know what to pray and how to praise God in your prayer, the Bible is the very best place to find the material. (laughs) It's where to find what to pray. If you ever you know, prayer is kind of a funny thing that some people get weirded out about. I don't know how to pray. Is there a right way? Let me tell you one thing you can never go wrong in. And I mean never. You will never go wrong if you pray God's word to him. You will never go wrong. I promise. That, 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 I can promise you that. I can promise you that. The other thing is, come on now, we got to be honest with God. That's one of the things Jehoshaphat was very honest about. He goes, hey, look, God, I I need you to show up. I I can't do this by myself. I cannot do this. I'm going to need you to come in here and fix this. Help me. I I can't do it. We need to be honest with God like that. That might sound like this. God, I know you are a very present help in my time of need, and I need you right now. I need you to show up. God, I... I, I, know the, <laughs> I know the weapon of anxiety has been formed against me, but you said it's not going to prosper. You said it's not going to be successful. And God, I believe that. I believe you can handle my anxiety. I believe that weapon called anxiety, I, I know it's out there. I know it's been formed. My enemy wants to, to bring these things against me, but I, you said that it won't be successful. When you pray like that, when you pray, like Jehoshaphat did, it will retrain your thoughts and help you go from anxious thoughts to hopeful thoughts based in God and on God. You know, that's really what Philippians 4, 8 talks about when it says we should fill our minds with those things that are good and deserve praise. What you think about matters. Paul was reminding us us of that in Philippians 4, 8. What you think about matters. Now, let's say you're already doing that. Let's say, okay, you're, 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 you're praying God's word. Um, you're, you're faithful. You're okay. Well, sometimes I need to pause for a minute. This is what it says in Psalm 46, 10. Be still and know that I am God powerful scripture. Just be still for a minute. Remember, I'm God. You're not. I'm God. That's that's what he's telling us. 
Now, you may be wondering, okay, Pastor Bob, that's great. So I'm just supposed to be still and God's going to heal my anxiety? There's a good possibility he might. But there's also a possibility that he might use more of a process to help heal your anxiety. Remember, we've been talking about a holistic approach to our mental health. What does that look like? What could it look like? Well, you pray to God for his help, and he shows you a Bible verse that calms your anxious mind. He takes you to that one scripture that speaks to your situation. Or maybe when you're praying, God shows you that you need to change some things in your eating habits so that your body can can be more healthy, can function more like it's supposed to. Or maybe when you're praying, God leads you to a certain doctor who can prescribe just the right medication to maybe correct a chemical imbalance. Or maybe when you pray, God leads you to just the right counselor who through therapy and deliverance can walk you through your trauma, can help you name it, face it, and heal from it. You see, God has a multitude of ways to heal your anxiety. Sometimes it's instant. Sometimes it's going to be a process. Trust him. Trust him. Remember this when you need healing from anxiety. First, take it to God. Take it to God first. Let him, then let him direct your path in terms of what the healing is going to look like. Remember, he will bring you what you need. He will. Now, listen, I, I know there's someone here today. You don't know what to do. I'm being real. You don't know where to go. You feel like maybe this is just too much. JP, if you'll come. And you just can't take it anymore. If that's you today, maybe this is what God's word would be to you. And it was the same that he gave to King Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles 2015 which will be on the screen here. It says, what, he, what God told King Jehoshaphat was this. Look, don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. The battle is not yours. The battle belongs to the Lord. Just the song we sang today was so beautiful. You may, let me say this. You may be in a battle with anxiety. You may be in it, but remember, it's God's battle. It's God's battle. He will win it when you place your trust, your hope, your confidence in him and in his ability. Don't think, please don't think you can do it on your own. Because God never intended for you to do it on your own. He intended and intends for us to rely upon him for everything. We're not an island. No, God didn't create us to be an island. He, he created us to be connected to him and also connected to each other. That's, why, that's how we're wired. That's how we're made. So don't think that you need to do it on your own. My friends, God is with you. 
He loves you. He loves you more than you can ever imagine, is what the word says. And he cares about you. And his power to deal with your anxiety is real. It's real. Anxiety is not a sin. It's a signal. It's alerting you that it's time to pray. It may be time to pause. And it's always time to praise. It's always time to praise. You know, that's what they did. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, as we continue reading the story, it says this, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. As they went out at the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah and what? They were defeated. Notice this. Joseph, who did Jehoshaphat send to the front of the line? The worshipers. He sent the worshipers to the front of the line. And the reason he did that is because he knew what I'm about to share with you right now. Praise always precedes the victory. I'll say that again. Your praising God is always the first step to your victory. Praise God. Let him come in and ambush anxiety for you. He'll do it. He'll do it. He promises in his word to do it. So pray to God. Pause and wait on him. And then praise him while you wait. Now, friends, I, I know that that's going to take some faith to do that. You're saying, Pastor, by that, that's great. But man, I got to say, I know it's going to take some faith. I know it's going to take some faith. I know maybe your mind is racing, and right now maybe you can't see the answers. And maybe you're anxious. Maybe you came in here anxious today. And you're wondering, how's God ever going to fix this? How, what, how is he going to do it? Let me encourage you, have faith. Have faith. You know, the Bible tells us that we've all been given a measure or a portion of faith. God says, I'm, I'm giving you faith. So you have it in you. Pray to God. Give him your anxiety. Pause and then be still in his presence. And focus on who he is. Learn some scriptures about the character of God. His goodness, his mercy, his faithfulness. All of that is found in the Bible. Learn some of those scriptures so that when anxiety comes, you have a weapon. You have a weapon to use. God's word in other places is called a sword. It's a sword. It's a weapon for you to use against your anxiety, against the enemy. Use God's word. And then in it all, praise him. Praise him for who he is.
even when you don't yet know what the answer is. And there's going to be times you won't know what the answer is or how it's all going to turn out. But what you're confident of is this, is that God is going to come through for you. God is going to win the victory because the battle itself does belong to God. You may be in the fight. Sometimes you're going to be in the fight. But remember, the battle itself is God's. Give him your anxiety. Now, that is going to take some faith. But remember, you have faith. God has given you faith. Find your battle scriptures and speak them over your situation while you pray to God. And as you do this, what you're doing is you're retraining your mind. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says we ought to renew our mind. That's part of that process. It's a retraining. That, my friends, is how you fight the battle against anxiety. Will you pray with me now? Heavenly Father, oh Lord, we just thank you for the good, good Father that you are to us. God, you've trained our hands for battle and our weapons are prayer and praise. In those moments, God, when we're anxious, we're scared or we're worried, God, remind us that the battle belongs to you. Remind us that you are a very present help in our time of need. And God, draw us into prayer with you. You know how we feel, and yet we know you have the answers. It's hard to see sometimes when all we face is anxiety. And when we face that, help us to see you. Help us to turn to you. God, we're so grateful that we can count on you to walk with us no matter what this life brings. In Jesus' name. Now, if everyone would just keep your eyes closed and your head bowed. You know, if you're here today and, wow, maybe you're at the end of your rope. Literally, I mean, you're, you, you don't know what else to do. Your mind is racing. Your heart is broken. And you can't seem to find the answers that you're seeking. Well, if that's you today, Jesus is here. He's calling you right now into his loving arms. He's reaching out to you. Just grab that hand, that spiritual hand he's, he's offering. Let him pull you up out of the pit of despair, of anxiety, of fear, whatever battle may be going on in your mind. And if that's you today and you're, and you're ready to surrender to God and let him fight for you, he's ready to do it. He's ready to lead you. If that's you, will you just pray this with me? And in fact, I, I would just ask everybody to pray this with me, even no matter where you're at. Maybe you've you know, already accepted Jesus, and that's great. Well, in, in support of those that, that may be doing that for the first time today, will everybody just join with me and, and say this? Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin. I ask you to forgive me. Lord, wash me clean. Come into my heart right now. I make you the Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
If God is transforming your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give at PursuitChurchSA.com give. Thank you for listening and remember to follow us to enjoy more messages like this.